This is the K-Pop Cast. It's your K-Pop DJ, Peter Lowe, and I'm joined by recurring show host and veteran K-Pop fan, Stephanie. Hey, what's up, guys? And special guest, YouTuber, dancer, and reactioner, it's SYJ Official, aka Nathan. What is up, Nathan? Hey, man. And hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Nathan, also known as SYJ Official on YouTube. So as DJ Peter just said, um, I'm known for making music video reactions uh, and dance covers. And I actually educate on the K-pop culture itself, as well in a series uh, on my channel. It's called um, K-pop University. Uh, so if y'all are interested, uh, feel free to come check out my channel. So I'm actually pretty excited to be here today, since this is my first cross-platform collab. Collaboration. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for being here. Welcome to the show, Nathan. This is so exciting. Yeah. All right, guys. So today we'll be taking a look at Wana One's Energetic. And we've got Wana One Stan, Nathan, to take us through it. Woo! But first, our hit replays. Hit replays are songs we recommend you play on repeat for the week. So Nathan, what's making you hit replay? All right, Peter. So um, my hit replay for today is N-Flying's The Real. So this song was just relatively recently released. N-Flying is a K-Rock band. They were originally four members, but now that they're five members, N-Flying welcomes Yu Ho Sung. He was a former Produce 101 Season 2 trainee, and he was just recently added to the group with his comeback. So Ho Sung is known for his main vocal ability and his uncanny resemblance to Wu Hyun from Infinite. I always liked N-Flying's style, but I always thought that they were really missing something, but now that Hosung's in the group now, being their main vocal, I feel like N-Flying is complete. So their song, known as The Real, expresses the girl that they're in love with is quote-unquote the real deal, or how they say in the in the actual music video, That's a good one, and I, I like how we're going with the one on one theme for this episode for our hit replays. Yeah. So, Stephanie, um, I see that you've also got another Produce 101 hit replay here. So, what, what, what was your pick for this week? I do. So, I'm going to be a little controversial and say that um, pick Samuel's 16 for my hit replay this week. So, Samuel has a lot of drama surrounding him for those who don't know. He had some notoriously yeah. unexpected, really surprising bad luck on an episode of Produce 101 back in May. What sets him apart is, well, not only his dashing good looks and his charisma, but he is actually half Mexican, half Korean. So he's unique in a lot of ways. And he has huge international appeal. So many American fans love him to death. And so when he really dropped in the rankings and finally got eliminated from the show, folks on this side of the pond were pissed. But he's got a new song out this week. It's called 16, reminding me how much of a baby he is. Oh, God. Um, but, but it's really catchy. It reminds me a little bit of like a mix between Winner and Chris Brown. I know he's a fan yeah. of Chris Brown, so maybe he's mm. emulating that style. And I like it. It's a lot of fun. I 
I know him from like the saddest puppy face he made when he was eliminated from the show. <laughs> oh my god, I miss the kid. I miss him so much. Ah. But he's got amazing talent for only being 16 in Korean. Is that 15 in the US? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. god. He dances better. He dances better than me. Ah. He's born in 2002, you guys. 2000. Oh my gosh. Idols these days are getting younger and younger every single year. But, you know, he's going to grow up to be a very handsome man. Yes. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. Then everything's going to be all right. Moving right along. DJ Pilo, what's your hit replay this week? So I sort of cheated and I said 101 and their song Burn It Up. And it's my jam. Want to turn it up, burn it up. As one of our listeners actually pointed out from Twitter user What Will Said, he tweeted that Burn It Up fills that BTS banger void. It's a dope ratchet electronic beat for banger clangers. <laughs> so this is one that you want to turn it up when you want to burn it up for 101. Burn it up. We burning This song is like right up my alley, Peter. Thanks for putting me on to it. I was dancing all through. Burn it up. So moving on to our Daybok or not for this episode. It's 101's Energetic. And 101 is, yeah. of course, the product of Produce 101. But, uh, you know, for those who haven't seen it... Produce. Yeah, and right, indeed. But for those who haven't seen it, which is, you know, definitely not me, because I've seen it. But for those who haven't, what is Produce 101? And again, I'm asking for people who, unlike myself, who aren't familiar, for those people, not me, because I definitely... <laughs> know what happened right. in, uh, in Produce 101. So, uh, so Nathan, um, I'll, I'll turn it over to you to, to sort of give the TLDR. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, Peter. So, um, Produce 101 for, quote-unquote, those of you who don't know, um, it's an MNF survival show that has 101 trainees from Dalmatian. all sorts of different companies. 101 Dalmatians, yes. <laughs> 101 Korean Dalmatians. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so it's a survival show that has a Hundred one um, different trainees from all sorts of entertainment companies out there. Um, you name it: Pledis Entertainment, FNC Entertainment, Jellyfish, Cube. The list goes on and on. Um, they would have those trainees compete to debut in an eleven-member group, and all one hundred one trainees are put into classes ranked from A to F based on their skill level. Um, a being the best trainees and the F being the worst trainees, uh, which is kind of the class that I would fall under if I was a trainee. So, <laughs> <Harsh>. um, <laughs> Season 1 had 101 girl trainees and which birthed IOI. And Season 2 had 101 guy trainees which we all know birthed 101. But unfortunately, the resulting groups aren't permanent groups since it's hard to manage 11 trainees from all different companies. It's 
just gotta imagine what it's like on the manager's behalf on like how how hard it is to like maintain all of the schedules from 11 different companies they're only allowed to promote for a certain amount of time so ioi was only active for one year and now wanna one is set to promote for a year and a half as an ioi stan and as some of my viewers from youtube know i do believe that it's kind of unfair that they're giving wanna one a longer promotional period than my queens but honestly there's not really anything we could do about it right if anything it gives the fans more time to prepare themselves for the oncoming heartbreak that is their impending disbandment 17 months from now Ah! believe me it took me almost half a year to recover from ioi Um, but i can safely say that i'm fully recovered now seeing them all debut in their own permanent group slash solo projects you know, like Gugudan, Preston, and Wikimiki. That's kind of the gist of Produce 101 in its entirety. Uh, okay, so that's good to know. You know, for people who haven't seen the show, that is, you know, because I've definitely seen it. But uh, that's that's good to oh, provide yeah. that background, Nathan. So you know, you. Peter, like, Peter, if you're not familiar, don't be afraid to ask. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's right. Well, that's why we've got Nathan here on our episode. And uh, I think, you know, going on with a year and a half for Brodus 101, I think, or 101 makes sense as as we saw him from IOI. There was a lot of momentum behind the group and you might as well make it, milk it for as much as you can. So yeah. it's their song Energetic. Um, if you haven't seen the music video yet, I mean, how would you quickly summarize uh, what happens? Uh, well, in the energetic music video, there re- honestly really isn't much of a storyline going on to it. There's no specific plot line in the music video. For those of you who are NCT fans, um, like their music video of Switch, Energetic shows the one boys having a blast together as a group with like um, with all, all types of summer fun, like water balloon fights and spraying each other with water hoses and just quality fun in the sun. And the music video shows off their exceptional dance and visual skills, as we all are familiar with from their missions on producing. Yeah. And when you say visual skills, does that mean like boyish agio? <laughs> um maybe not agio, but maybe just like them like gazing like deeply and sensually to the camera. And, okay. <laughs> Showing off their winking, yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> ten out of ten on the the visual skills. If that if that's how we're rating it, then all of the the sensuous gazes and <laughs> into the camera. Oh yeah, can't be beat. That's the thing I remember the most. Yeah, I think on the whole, it was just trying to show that. And it, it's almost ironic because originally they were competitors, but now they're all like boyish boyfriends. It seemed to be pretty fan servicey, at least for me, who hasn't um, followed Brodus 101. I thought it was funny. The YouTube description for the music video said that this title song, Energetic, reflects a strong attraction of you and me as 101 meets Wannable for the first time. Yeah. So I, I'm not exactly sure what that means, but uh, do you think they delivered on this concept, Nathan? Well, if Daniel and uh, Jaehwan serenaded me like that and gazed at me like that, then heck yeah! Um, uh, but uh, but passing aside from all the gazes that all in love, all eleven members give the camera, I say they deliver pretty well. Yeah, um, on my side, I, I didn't really listen to the lyrics the first time. I admit I was too busy staring at all the boys. Oopsies. Oh yeah. Um, but like honestly, besides the sign on. The building that says crush on you very obviously i couldn't see much connection between the concept and the song itself this is just another run-of-the-mill k-pop boys having fun in the sun video i don't i've lost count of how many of the this concept we've seen so far yeah Yeah, i can agree with that i mean lyrically it's interesting energetic seems to be 
a love song about a protagonist can't, who can't control the way he feels about the object of his affection. So the chorus, for example, describes the dynamic between the um, subjects of the track while the verses explore how the protagonist feels and what he'll do for this love. And I, I don't know if that was part of the strategy of 101 trying to appeal to all the fangirls and trying to be ambiguous of what that desire and object of their love is. And I think they're trying to make it seem like the girls can imagine that the boys are swooning over them, the fangirl. Hmm. But they weren't doing any swoony things. I guess you're right. Yeah. And lyrically, it, it seems like that's what they're going to do. It's like, oh, I will do anything, you know, to get your attention. Or when you gaze at me, I feel energized or energetic, right? Yeah. I guess I didn't see that, at least in the in the visuals of the song. But maybe it's energized in a different way. I don't know. Maybe it's the girl who's swinging over the guy who now feels energetic. <laughs> or guys. Feeling so energetic. All right. So moving right along, as you all know, in our Daybok or not reviews. We talk about the concept, the audio, and one of my favorite parts is always the choreo. And uh, Peter and I are super excited to have you, Nathan, on the show today because we know you're going to have some unique insights into the really nice choreo of the video. So why don't you just tell us what you think? All right. So, um, so Steph, I actually mentioned quite a bit of my thoughts in my actual reaction video to Energetics music video over on my channel. All the more incentive for you for you guys to check it out. So yeah. Um, so uh, there's a couple points. Um, for one, I really enjoyed the choreo. Um, I'm actually trying to learn it um, right now. Uh, I gotta say, it's really difficult too, um, because like there's a lot of energy and a lot of intricacy, kind of like um, I see what you of, did kind there. of like Seventeen's choreo. Uh, the dance's energy and their intricacy really caught my eye, and I'm actually really surprised how they're able to dance so powerfully, but yet like so like cut knife precise. Yeah. Um, if you guys know the dance crew Kinjas, it kind of reminds me of um their their style. They're still so powerful, but yet precise at the same time. It's a really hard skill to have, let alone do while singing, so all the more props to Wanda One for being able to pull off such a feat like that. Sungwoo and Woojin, uh, two of the 11 members, um, they especially did well since um, both of them are categorized as the main dancers of the group. The whole dance is all about body control. Basically, if anyone wants my advice if they're trying to learn the dance themselves, uh, just keep in mind body control, body control, body control. That's the <laughs> one thing I have to emphasize here. I will definitely keep that in mind as I'm trying to <laughs> learn the moves myself. I'll just keep saying body control. And then I'm going to get it. Body control. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for that. No, this is really insightful. Regarding the choreo, we had a tweet from one of our listeners, from Franklin Graves. And he said that the choreography was a lot of handwork, but not much footwork. And I, I don't know, I'm going to defer to you, Nathan, mm. on this in, in terms of... Uh, you know, having that balance between hands and feet. I can definitely see his stance on it. However, I wouldn't like say that the ratio is off because uh-huh. like to balance off um, footwork and um, like quote unquote handwork, it's kind of like it's kind of like a harder thing to do because like when you're watching a dance performance, right? Like what's the one thing that you um, look at? Do you look at the legs or do you look at the upper portion of the body? Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure about anyone else out there, but I personally look at the more of the upper portion of the body. That's where like my my eyes are drawn to. I can see like more of their facial expressions or I can see more of the angles they hit with their arms and such like that. I wouldn't really put um, I wouldn't 
really pay much attention to the legs. Uh-huh. However, like um, learning the dance itself, um, there actually is quite a bit of like leg work to go in there. Like when I'm learning the dance, like I'm I'm learning it in a very tiny room because like I don't have a lot of space to dance in. But one thing that I noticed while watching the dance itself is that like even though it doesn't look like there's a lot of footwork, there actually is a lot going on um, in the lower uh, portion of your body because you have to like position yourself at just the right angle to make it look um, make it look correct. Um, there's this one specific instance that I want to like bring up was like um, was during Songwoo's part um, when he says "Make me feel so high, uh, Michigeso." Um, what they do is like. They have their hands in like in a twelve o'clock, six o'clock position, right? Uh-huh. Um, that's like the position of like the hands on the clock, right? He spins his left hand down in a circle, and what he would do um, after that is he would um, he would spin out his left knee and then his right knee, and I just think like the moments like those when the intricacy is so high to that, like it's it's okay to like not have like as intensive footwork as there is of upper body work if that makes yeah. sense at all yeah and i i agree with that nathan i think when i when i really when i look at choreo i look at the group cohesion as a whole and having that mm-hmm. you know that fluidity of movement across the entire body and across the entire group yeah. but that doesn't mean that you have to have an equal distribution of both like <laughs> hands and feet so definitely to speak. just you know your attention is in the right place as it flows and so in that case, in that specific example that you list, I think, yeah, maybe there's a little more attention given to the hands, but I don't fault them for that. And I love yeah. the way they turn their bodies into props. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And they do do floor work at the last chorus, too. So there's that. Yeah, I wanted to quickly uh, throw a shout out because um, when Franklin mentioned the footwork, like, oh, uh, this group didn't have much footwork or we don't see many dances that focus on footwork. I immediately thought of Teen Top. Like their yeah. choreo always has some really exciting like shuffle work, footwork, tap dance like work. And you know what? I-, I would love to see more of that. Like outside of their group, I want other groups to do more crazy footwork focused uh, dances. Yeah, that would be refreshing to see. I yeah. personally loved the opening part of the choreo where the boys are all lined up with their hands moving as if they're keys of a piano. And then one of them, who is oh, that? That was beautiful. Who's, who's playing the it piano? It was Minhyun. Yes. Minhyun. Minhyun, yes. Um, he is like sitting. Is he sitting on someone? I don't I, This took me two or three uh, views to fully understand what's happening, but I just thought it was really creative use of this the massive number of, of boys yeah. in the group definitely were they was minho sitting on someone i'm not sure if i of the members that i'm gonna say are correctly but he was sitting on uh, uh jihoon's and dehui's knees so jihoon and dehui um they were the uh the piano chair while all the other members were the actual piano um themselves and minhyun was the, um, and the actual person I, I playing agree, the piano. Steph, like that that was a really dynamically interesting thing and a good way to take advantage of 11 bodies was there any sort of like insider joke in determining like who yeah. of the 11 got to be the piano player there's only one thing that i could think of but it's for like an old time new east fans for those of you um, who are new wannable uh minhyun is the member who's playing the piano in the beginning formation if we haven't made that clear already um but the only thing that i could think of is new east's debut teasers um for uh the for the fans who don't know, Minhyun is actually a, a New East member too. Um, so during New East's uh, debut, um, they released teasers for all five of their members. And Minhyun's teaser, uh, it shows him playing a piano. Um, but 
but other than that i can't really think of any other explanation okay. but that's well i actually did look this up and it like, turns out that minhyun actually can play the piano so <laughs> i don't know if that was just the reason like okay out of yeah. all 11 of us you're the one who can play the piano you get to you know have that part choreographed that's a sweet deal so looking at the choreography were there any other yeah. sort of like inside <laughs> jokes or like self-references that we can see well there were quite a bit of um references not really much of inside jokes but more of like um references most are callbacks to produce 101 performances um i'm gonna like say some of the timestamps here because i had some in my notes here uh so one um so one was a small moment of park ji hoon um popping at the two minute 25 second mark for those of you who watched produce 101 uh peter you got that right Right. Um, we all know that Jihoon. Um, we all know that Jihoon is known for his popping skills from the Get Ugly stage and the Maru Entertainment trainee's first ranking performance. Uh, there was also a second instance of Beijin Young, or how we all call him Beijin. Uh, there was a moment of his center spotlight in the second verse at the one minute thirty second mark. Um, it's calling back to him being the center of uh, Hands on Me, which was one of the last um, songs that they had on Produce One Hundred One. Uh, the other one being Always and Super Hot. And the last one that I could find was a callback to Open Up's choreography. Um, that's Daniel's concept team back in Produce 101 with a whole padding neck movement at the one minute six second mark when they say, make me feel so high, Michi so. Yeah, like when they do the whole neck padding thing, that's actually the, um, it's kind of like the same movement they do in the choreography as well because I learned Open Up as well. So like that was kind of fun to see as like a, yeah. um, a fan that okay. learns and their dances. this is why I'm glad, you know, we have you nathan to bring all these things up you know just in case you haven't seen produce <laughs> 101 say that. yeah i agree overall it seems to be really celebrating and acknowledging the struggle and the journey that they went through to get to here definitely i feel like there were a lot of moments in this music video that just made me want to pause and appreciate like the artistic composition of that of like the framing and the still images i mean there's moments where like they hold up like the cassette and i don't think that has to do with anything <laughs> like not at all related to the the story or the lyrics or, or anything but it just <laughs> raises the overall production value of the of the music video which made me i think appreciate the song as a whole but there is also a ton of production throughout earlier we were talking about uh what, what the visuals in this music video yeah yeah i mean um watched it a few times and noticed that all the activities they're doing are like stereotypical 80s or 90s american teen boy things i mean they're doing baseball yeah. bubble gum somebody's reading yeah. mad mag which i haven't seen um, forever <laughs> donuts and like then as i'm watching this i'm like wait a minute i'm like low-key offended that this is what they think american <laughs> culture is <all> about. Yeah. <laughs> we think we do all day like wait a minute <laughs> I'm being stereotyped right now, but you know, it's, it's, oh God, no. <laughs> it's all in good fun. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So is that why there's a donut death? Because that's like what they think of it like Americans. Like, you know, Americans love their donuts. I would have thought it would be even more like if it was to be for Americans, I would have think it would be cheeseburgers in that bathtub. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's another way to go for it, too. <laughs> so with an 11 member group, it's really hard to find sufficient screen time for giving each member their own moment. And the, looking at the music video as a whole, we can see Definitely. the camera lingers on members faces, giving them giving fans enough time to see their favorite um, for each individual member to catch your bias. And the group has moments where members have time to show their personalities. The boys playfully interact with stage props, giving the music video a more dynamic feel, um, separate from the choreography, which, again, really carries through that personality and that boyish charm. At the end of the music video, we're having them all look up 
at the sky with a bunch of like back hugs. And <laughs> I don't know if that's them trying to say like, here's us like looking forward and what's <laughs> going ahead. But on the whole, I think it was just, you know, gratuitous fan service. There's also some, um, there's some like pianos yeah. out there in the field. So maybe more piano or acoustics to look forward to. Maybe. I can agree with Peter's thing, like um, them looking forward to the bright and colorful future ahead of them. Um, definitely, I wouldn't be able to keep, um, to catch that first glance. But yeah, I definitely see that explanation coming to fruition. Yeah, maybe with more pianos. two pianos all the pianos in terms of looking at the concept as a whole including the visuals the message and the choreography how would you guys rate this song one being the lowest five being the highest for the music video itself i would give it like a 3.5 but four for the performance so for me personally um the performance and choreo was spot on spectacular i couldn't have asked for more from um from the 101 boys um however for the music video i low-key thought it was boring ish don't kill me wannables i'm just like saying my opinion here um i personally enjoy music videos with um with a solid storyline so if it had more of like story elements rather than just spraying each other with water hoses looking to the camera with still faces or maybe even having the camera playing the role of the wannable and the music video being like a first person point of view or something like that um it would have brought my um my score for the music video a little bit yeah. higher yeah. for me um i i, I cut them some slack for not having a a strong storyline just because they have so many members and they're desperately trying to show each of them with equal screen time so you can't really have much of a plot for for individuals there um with what Mm. they were working with and what they were trying to do um i think the the visuals are pretty strong so i would say um like all together this is a 3.8 video for me wow yeah okay that's like i I can just say that i i never wanted to like click away and go watch something else i I wanted to know what happens and it was over (laughs) before i i I knew so that's a good sign yeah i felt like it ended pretty fast um the music video ended up pretty quickly too like i was kind of like no please don't end keep going keep going keep going right right and and that's what a that's a sign of a good music video conceptually right and and that it Mm -hmm. makes you want to to see and, and get more So for me, maybe I'm the most critical of you guys. Um, I gave it a three. It set out Mm -hmm. to achieve several things. I think one show that these boys are now bros and that they're now all friends together. Um, And through that bro-iness, like get capture the hearts of of some fangirls and that they definitely succeeded. Um, Mm -hmm. And they do it in ways that is really challenging for a lot of member group as Stephanie notes and carrying their personality through each of these like sort of like many moments of them interacting with props or in these carefree summer days. Um, They definitely delivered on each of those. But I guess maybe where I'm always looking for more is to have more cohesive story, having the lyrics match with the concept. And I felt like I got a bit of that dissonance there. So um, still really great. But this music video as a whole has incredible production value. Again, there are just moments where I pause and I'm like, wow, that was really nicely framed or this is artistic, <laughs> but it's just a very random assortment that doesn't deliver cohesion. And that's where I got to ding it. So it's a three for me on the concept. Yeah. Moving on to the audio, the song itself, just listening to this song guys, like in the intro and the outro, those very simple and light piano chords, like totally gave me goof 
goosebumps. I, I don't know what you Ooh. guys thought of the intro. I really liked it as well. It was beautiful. I think like I think it's like one of the most beautiful intros that I've heard it like in my K-pop lifetime. Honestly, oh, wow. And why why do you say that? Yeah, for me, I just thought like the um the piano at the beginning was um was simply beautiful, and it, I think it's the it serves as the perfect introduction to like complimenting um certain members at certain points and at certain tones as well so like the um the piano at the beginning it perfectly complemented minhyun's jihoon's and jinyoung's deeper styled vocals and um escalating from there for like um maybe like the actual first verse and the chorus um where it escalates to sungwoon's and daehui's and jaehwan's higher notes and um the chorus's crescendo melody it really adds to the um to the overall flutteriness of the song like the parts at the um at the chorus as well um i do think that the ending kind of seemed abrupt um yeah uh yeah, like if the music um, faded out rather than cutting off, like it would have seemed less abrupt if it would be in that sort of fashion. But probably some people might have thought it was the perfect way to end it. I might be wrong, but that's okay. Well, I, I would meet you halfway on that, Nathan. So I think I agree that the ending was a little abrupt after the you know crescendo chorus right at the very yeah. end. You get this on a lot of EDM music, and usually this oh, part yeah, of definitely. the ending of the song is uh, used for the outro for the DJ to beat match into the next song. Mm-hmm. But what I would have suggested is keep that piano chord going on the outro, but maintain that very oh. steady kick drum that they've had throughout the entire song, right? From the right after the intro. And that way you still had that pulse and it feels a little less of an abrupt ending. And I might do yeah. like an echo fade off of the last um after the last word of the, of the chorus. And yeah, that, that that's, awesome. that's a trope that you get in a lot of electronic trance house music. But uh, that, that same technique would have worked here, in my opinion. Um, Pro tips from my resident DJ. Love it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I feel I, like if I, they would have ended it that way or uh, taken your advice, it would remind me of some earlier Big Bang songs like Lies and yes. Haru Haru. Um, it would have yeah. that feel to it. And I would not be complaining. I love those songs. Yeah. Yeah. Even Haru Haru, right? And that was a song composed by uh, Dashi Dance, Dance yeah, who Dai follows Dai that Dance. same. Technique. Oh my gosh, you're right. It sounds where, like Daishi Dance. Well, so Dashi Dance would, what he would do is he would take that piano core that we hear in both the intro and the outro, and then he could add that pulsing kick drum throughout. Yeah. And that gives it that more of that clubby sound that, you know, Dashi Dance is known for. It's balancing that sentimental, um, delicate, acoustic sound with a pulsing electronic beat. And Absolutely, that would have worked well for this song. Yeah, like Classic Kwai is really good at that style. Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. So there's a few examples that we can can obviously list here. Um, But I would have to say on the whole, like having that pulse in this song by 101 makes it danceable without being too much of a heavy banger, right? It it maintains that pulse, which balances that carefree feel from 101 Summer. And it has that energy 
um, that one might get from reacting to your crush, which is what the song is all about. So it's a nice blend between acoustic instrumentals and electronic production. Yeah, the composition actually was like, it's really well done if you you ask me myself. Um, I... I might be wrong here, but their composer or their lyricist are actually um, members from Pentagon, um, Hui and Wusuk, to be exact. And I think like those are the same two um, that produced um, their song "Never" from Produce One Hundred One as well. Uh-huh. And like I think like because um, like the way how "Never" ends off is kind of the same way how um, how energetic ends off. Like "Never" also ends off in like an abrupt an abrupt cut. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas it's kind of the same concept here, so maybe they have a say in how this song was like um, composed and ended off like. Yeah, it seems to be a formula that these guys love to follow. In terms of the singing between the members, what I really loved was the flow between the rappers. And oh yeah, you listen to like the rap of one of the members, and I didn't know this until I was looking at the color coded like lyrics version. It was like, wow it almost like the verse doesn't finish with one of the rappers and it seamlessly transitions into the next rapper. Like you would think that it's the same yeah. rapper going throughout, but mm. they maintain that flow from each other, which is usually hard to do. Yeah. Woojin, um, Woojin and Daniel do a really good job, like um, melding their voices together um, when it comes to their, um, to their verses. I think they did a really good job when it came to that. Yeah. And I, I would say that the rapping as a whole gives the variety that the song needed. You know, it, it doesn't go from the uh, melodic ballads and, and chorus. It, I think it provides an appropriate disruption to what we had been hearing through the song. So guys, I want to ask you one hypothetical question. And we've been getting this quite a bit over the summer and and for this year in 2017 in particular. Would this song have been better as a tropical house hit? Kind of like kind of like how Card does, right? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else. <laughs> I don't think I could hmm. take any more tropical house this summer. But if they had come out earlier, I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, maybe if they like debuted at the same time Card debuted, then maybe yeah, but that would have that probably might have caused a fan war between the hidden cards and and the wannables so no one would want that oh fan war between the two fandoms so yeah and in the well, video i did notice that um some of the scenes had them with a tropical palm frond looking background that reminded yeah me i noticed that too of card yeah visually speaking it almost would have worked for tropical house i don't know if we've just <laughs> been getting into this <laughs> this uh, cliche a little too much for 2017 yeah. i mean it works it sounds nice and yeah <laughs> but I, I guess as stephanie is saying it's like if they just did it earlier and nathan to your point like if they did this maybe at the late 2016 then that would have been good but mm-hmm. it's like it's time for k tropical house to wrap it up and yeah. this song i think succeeds without falling into that cliche exactly so how would you guys rate this song in terms of a uh, one to five score five being the highest uh, for me i would say a four um honestly like i think this whole song is like composed like I, I don't think it could have been like any better. Um, aside from uh Peter's input on the um abrupt ending. Other than that, judgment aside, like I think like, uh, the whole composition of it was like, it captures the whole feeling of like falling in love perfectly, uh-huh. and like those first initial feelings of like having that overall affection for someone, right? Yeah. Like it perfectly encapsulates encapsulates that i don't know if i said that correctly um but yeah i would give it a four yeah i agree with a lot of what nathan says this was a really fun pleasant song to listen to um the electronic beat had me bouncing and smiling and the um the combination of the the 
the music and the vocals in the beginning part reminded me of Shiny a lot. I don't know if anyone mm. got that. It was a little bit like the colorful uh, song or album. Um, and I'm a huge Shiny fan. So I'm just getting a lot of references to other groups and other songs that are close to my heart. And uh, mm. that made me like it a lot. So I'm going to give it a... Uh, 3.8 for me. I thought it delivered in, in terms of what it's trying to convey in terms of the lyrics and it captures on that emotion. But it wasn't a breakout standout hit for me. I think there was hype leading into this release and it delivered on that hype. And it met what I think we would expect from a song, from a debut single. But it's not something dramatically different from what we haven't seen or heard in the K-pop field. The production value is great uh, for all the reasons that we've discussed, but um, it doesn't uh, disrupt the model. So for that, I'm still giving it a three. Ooh. All right. Oh. Yeah. But it's still a jam. Like, don't get me wrong, guys. It's a jam. Like, I'm going to be bopping to this song this summer, but... A three is like failure on this show. No. (laughs) No. Failure in my book would be like more like in the two category. Three is like it meets the bar. And four is like great. And five is like godlike. So it's it's not (laughs) quite there. TVXQ comes back. Five. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. TVXQ. (laughs) (laughs) So taking everything that we've discussed into account, on the whole, would this song be Daybuck? Or not. I think I made this pretty obvious by now. Um, for those of you Produce 101 fans that um, are listening right now, in words of our meme lord, Ong Sung Woo, I rate this as a... Chongbal. Chongbal. Chincha. Real. Hoi. Wanjon. Tebak. Oh my god. That's, that's what I say. Wow. <laughs> Korean oh, 101. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's it's Tebak as well. And uh, you guys know why. I'm a fan. Yeah, and and despite all my critiques, I, this song is definitely J Bach. Yeah, Nathan, I'm so glad we could have you provide all this insider knowledge and background yeah. um, context yeah, I'm glad to behind be here. this group. So thank you for for joining us to discuss the song. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, y'all. Yeah. So one other tweet that we got in just before we recorded today, listener Marie tweeted at us saying, "Great choreo for both songs. Definitely BTS vibe." energetic too formulaic too many cliche english lyrics like the bridge help the overall song and i want to give you guys a chance to weigh in and react to uh marie's tweet well i I could see where where she would say just because of the uh intense like isolations and body control yeah in the choreo it's not it's not that the 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 audio was bts like but maybe the choreo maybe yeah i can i can see that and my hit replay is definitely bts vibe right i mean that you Mm -hmm. you get that with because fire burn it up yeah (laughs) yeah right and uh burn it up is is absolutely along that same level and it has um it follows some of the the same big room house uh tropes in the music composition of the song yeah definitely i can see that i guess marie wasn't feeling it as much um and i definitely get the point about the lyrics being a little cliche but uh yeah feeling good i want to touch something about freedom (laughs) yeah (laughs) does it really matter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can, so can I ask you guys for. another question and, and Franklin Gray has also tweeted um, at us with this feedback but he said that Boa Kwan did energetic better so <laughs> what do you guys think who was the better wow. energetic coming back from the old school 
Boy oh, Energetic was my jam back in the day. I loved that song. I played it over and over. So, dang, I had to compare the two. I, I do think Boa comes out on top. That was just such a strong, like overwhelming beat. And this one's more understated and cute. So girls, mm. girls on top. Yes. <laughs> um, for me, because like, um, I'm a third generation uh, K-popper, so like, um, I'm not really like in tune with them um, with the art with the artists of back then. Um, <laughs> not 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 saying that um that I don't way listen to, make us to feel um, old, Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh. Uh, so I didn't mean to come off that way. No. <laughs> um, not not to say that I don't listen to like um to um the the other artists um back in the day um high respect for them honestly um but i i just think like um that like boa and 101 are like on two totally different levels i don't think like i can really like compare yeah in terms of like um is this song better than this song is this performance better than that yeah, performance it's, it's all totally different i can't yeah, really like put in my critique on that comparison yeah but i thought i would just ask as uh as uh our listener tweeted it in Maybe a couple other like closing questions. Do you think 101 learned any lessons from IOI? There's like it leaves a lot to think about, right? Because like IOI is at like such like a high legendary example for um for um for all the seasons. If there are going to be more than two seasons of Produce 101 to come, um, because like uh, the way how IOI achieves six, um so much success in under twelve months is just like it's astounding how they're able to get that much love and support. Um, not only from um, South Korean fans, but worldwide as well. Yeah. I remember watching like uh, um, the KCON stages um, when IOI was here in LA. Um, I remember like seeing like the crowd just like go like so crazy, like more over BTS if I can say so myself. Oh, wow. so, like like whoa, like how does like one girl group from one survival show? How do they like? How do they garner such like international love and attention? And um, I think One One, um, they have like. Uh, as much as I love Wanda One, they have like large shoes to fill. Honestly, mm-hmm. like they have like such like a huge act to follow up. But if anything, I would say that them for them to like continue to stay humble and just them to continue to like be themselves. Because like us Wandables and all the Produce One One fans out there, like we love them for um how how they presented themselves to us. Like, we love them for who they are. Uh, some of them may not be the best um, vocalists or rappers out there. Some of them may be sub or... Um, some of them may be sub-vocals or sub-rappers, but we love them for their personality, and, like, I hope they, they continue to be themselves and be them... and to be the artist that we all initially fell in love with during Produce 101. I knew you would hit that one out of the park, Nathan. So glad you're on the Aww. show today. <laughs> oh, thanks, you. Thank you. We had IOI. We've had 101. I wonder what the third season group name will be. Oh, gosh. Um, I can't even think of any other possible names that could be out there. It's going to be some funny pronunciation of 101 in some way. Yeah. How many the years na- the name of 101 is pretty clever. What do you guys think of 101's future and viability as a group? I mean, they've got some extra runaway to work with here from ioi well i can definitely see 101 like truly succeeding on the charts too i mean like looking at like how they're doing on the charts right now like sure they're not winning like number one best performance or anything like that um but they're still doing relatively well for rookie groups nowadays because like you know how there's like so many boy groups um that are debuting nowadays and like with um with uh, dare I say it, some of the same concepts that some of the popular groups are doing. 
Um, but I can definitely see 101 like triumphing and being like one of the top groups out there simply because of um, both their personality and their skills as well. Um, like they, like the, uh, like the members themselves are all um, pretty well rounded. Like uh, one one shining example would be um, their center Kang Daniel. Um, because uh, he says he's a rapper, and we, as we all heard from Energetic, he he does um, rap very well, and he melts um, pretty well with the other members as well. But not only that, he's a rapper, but he's a really decent vocalist as well. Um, like produce, like from Produce One to One, all the missions he say he says he's a rapper in his audition videos, but um, every single mission leading up to the finale, he's only been getting vocal parts. And that all the more shows his overall well-roundedness as an artist. So I think like factors like that can take 101 pretty far. I might take the more cynical perspective here, and I'll say that publicity does a world of good. So having an entire mm-hmm. reality show to drum up interest leading to a group's debut gets a lot of interest. <laughs> yeah, it's the new normal now. Yeah, well, we saw that with 16. We, of course, we saw it with IOI. Um, we saw it with... Uh, the icon and winner um although oh, yeah. i think with icon and Mix winner and it didn't succeed as well not to the same level that we've seen with ioi and 16 yeah i agree with that and maybe that was and monster x2 uh yeah there you go so and 17 yeah 17 um, yeah it's i think it was more of a reality show than survival show though because none of them were going to be eliminated in the first place okay i'm not sure correct me if i'm wrong carrots out there it's an interesting model of like that's how you decide how groups are assembled in the future moving forward i don't know it kind of fulfills that fantasy like you know if you could assemble your dream team of like k-pop oh, members, yeah. like what do you do and and having a tv show to promote that sort of like allows you to fulfill and live that through that fantasy I just can't wait for Produce 101 to have maybe a show where they have boys and girls together. Yes. Oh, co-ed Produce 101. That's what I was going to say. Because there's going to be so much drama. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Which we all know. All K-pop, where are you at, though? Right? (laughs) And then on top of of having co-ed, it would be great to have like a veterans produce 101 so like imagine like oh. you know people who've already been in groups for a while coming together for a tv show oh, you know that's That'd be coming fun. Mm. i've been that's gonna cause up a lot of stir in the community yeah yeah, yeah. my my biggest i'm surprised fantasy. they haven't done that already but you know what like i, I would bet money that is on the way there's gonna be like Ooh. all-stars season veterans i could only hope please don't end up like america's best dance crew season seven <laughs> I just keep hoping for my dream team, which will have T.O.P. and a bunch of sexy <laughs> girls. And it'll Wait be a minute. Girls on top. And, uh, oh, my hey. God. <laughs> that's my dream. You've been waiting for so long to say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh girls God. on top. Last episode, we reviewed Girls' Generation and their song Holiday and All Night. And man, did the so ones come at us and tell us everything we got wrong about that last episode and and you know one honestly thank you so once for setting the record straight in terms of what we missed um so i wanted to acknowledge a couple of those things so one of them our one of our major critiques in holiday was that the girls looked really young especially for a veteran you know 10 year old group a lot of the so ones pointed out to this is that this was because it's looking. It's a way to look back from where they were ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Although that wasn't formally confirmed by SM, that seems to be 
the approach that a lot of the Sawans and fans are taking. We also critique that Holiday didn't have a very cohesive theme. Well, I guess maybe it required more of a look from a Sawan to call out, but each of the sets from um, you know, the Hollywood signs to the uh, dance studios um, and the lighting and the diners um, were all throwbacks to their previous uh, single. So that's why it was more of a acknowledgement of everything that they've done to date and celebrating those 10 years. And that makes a lot more sense um, to us now. Of course, I also said that it looked like they were in a bar, but they were in a diner. Again, a throwback to one of their older singles. So thank you so once for calling us out <laughs> on what we got wrong. But <laughs> Um, I wanted to acknowledge that, you know, what we were ultimately trying to say in that last episode was that All Night is a great direction for SNSD moving forward. And that's a good evolution and a new revolution for K-pop for this modern age. So that's it for that last episode on, on Girls' Generation. Loyal listener Ricky Woodson also weighed in on Holiday and sa- said that it felt a bit too safe. And you can catch... Um, all of his comments on our SoundCloud page. So that's it for the K-pop cast for this week. Um, I'm not exactly sure what we'll address next week, but thank you, Nathan, for coming on our show for this week. It was really great it's to have you. It's been a pleasure, y'all. And we'll have to have you come back again sometime. So if there's another group you want to stand with us or and boy over, we're happy to have you on. <laughs> yeah, I'd be I'd be glad to be back, y'all. Just let me know when. And as a side note for our listeners, like I knew to bring in Nathan as I saw him at Fanime, and uh, he requested a few songs to dance and perform to, and he was cosplayed <gasps> in, oh. in Produce 101. I was like, okay, yeah. Nathan <laughs> is clearly a fan here. We've got to have him on the show. Yeah. I met um, DJ Peter at um, this uh, convention called Fanime, um, and we had this one K-pop dance party, and he was our DJ. And I kept requesting him to play the theme song of Produce 101, Nayana, right? And because uh, I wanted to dance to it, because I'm wearing the cosplay, so like, what better way to um, what better way to celebrate than to do something like that, right? Um, but yeah, that's how it all happened. That's the beautiful story of how I met yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And All the right. rest is history, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, be sure to, you know, subscribe, rate, tell your friends, introduce your K pop friends to podcasting and podcasts as a medium as a great way to listen, engage, and talk about K pop. You know to get, how to get in touch with us, as always. I'm at on Twitter at DJ Peter Lowe. Nathan, where can people find you online? Um, you can search me on Instagram, also at SYJOfficial, but primarily go to my YouTube channel at SYJOfficial and hit the subscribe button to become a silent end today. Stephanie? <laughs> he said a silent fan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the subscriber fandom name, so yeah. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Twitter at SParker2. And don't forget, give us a tweet at the K-Popcast. We obviously get a lot of our feedback from that handle. So thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you guys all next week. Bye!